This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we look back at the football team's exciting 27-24 win over Colby to get the 2017 CBB Series underway on the right foot. Plus, the soccer and field hockey teams qualified for the NESCAC tournament in dramatic fashion, and the cross-country teams showed off their home course with great performances at the NESCAC championships. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The football team won a back-and-forth battle with the Colby College Mules on Saturday in Waterville. After marching down the field but turning it over on their first drive, the Bobcats took the early lead on their second drive of the game, thanks to the legs of first-year Brendan Costa. A third-and-four situation here on the 30. Keeping this one himself again as Costa breaks one, breaks two, up the middle, they can't stop him, touchdown! It's Brendan Costa on the ground, on the keeper, it's a 30-yard touchdown run, 6 nothing Bobcats. The Mules tied the score at 7 in the second quarter, but just before halftime, senior Max Bresci made a huge play on defense. Dropping back for the pass, O'Brien down the middle, it's picked off! Max Bresci with the big interception! And the Bobcats will get it back in Mule's territory! Then senior Grant DeWald put Bates up 10-7 at the half. So here is Grant DeWald, Mac Golden will hold. 30-yard attempt, the kick is up! And it is right down Broadway. DeWald knocks it home, and that is going to do it for our first half of play. The Mules tied things up at 10 early in the third quarter on a field goal of their own. But later in the quarter, junior Joe Frank picked off a pass, and the Bobcats converted the turnover into more points. Third and four, though, 25 seconds left to go here. The run straight towards the end zone, and a touchdown for McCoy Nickel. And the Bobcats are back on top. 16-10. DeWald's extra point made the score 17-10 at the end of the third quarter. Early in the fourth quarter, Colby's Jack O'Brien ran for a touchdown to tie the score at 17. But on the ensuing drive, Bates answered in a big way. So from the 48, play action pass, Costa goes deep! He hits his man and Daly for the touchdown! The 52-yard touchdown pass and DeWald's extra point put Bates up 24-17. On Colby's next drive, the Bates defense made another key play. And the first play of the drive is brought in by Sander, and he loses it! And the Bobcats will jump on top! Bernie Sander lost the ball! So a forced fumble there, and Bates gets it back! The Bobcats took advantage again on offense with DeWald hitting his second field goal of the game, putting Bates up by 10. The Mules cut the Bates lead to three with 2.31 to go in the game thanks to a touchdown, but Bates held on for the victory. Head coach Mark Harriman looks back at the Bobcats' first win of the season. First of all, coach, even though that first drive did not result in points, it sure established a tone, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was kind of what we were preaching to our guys all week is that we felt we needed to go out and, and start fast and, and have some success on both sides of the ball, but specifically offensively. And, um, yeah, obviously we needed to come away with points on that drive, but we, we did really establish both the, you know, the run game and, and the pass game during that drive. I thought Frank Williams looked the best he's looked all year, didn't he? Yeah, I think, you know, there were a lot of guys that played well. I thought McCoy Nickel as well played his best game of the year. Um, obviously, Brendan had a, had a great game. Uh, we had a lot of guys that contributed in a lot of different ways. And, um, you know, it was, again, I, it, you know, it's, it was great, obviously, to get the win. But the, the thing for me that was uh, really impressive was that I, I felt like it was a team win. You know, there were a lot of guys that really played well and, and, and contributed to that. When the jet sweeps were working pretty much all game, you're able to get to the edge. What 
from an offensive perspective, what's the key to be able to get to the edge like that? Well, it starts up front, and we need to be able to, to really capture the last guy on the line of scrimmage and, and get the ball outside of him. And, and when we can do that, we're pretty successful. Uh, you know, uh, the offensive guys did a great job of, of changing up between some unbalanced looks and, uh, you know, so that the, the flank wasn't always the same. Um, and, we, you know, I thought the guys that were carrying the ball did a great job with their reads, whether it was to take it outside or to, to you know, get it back up inside. Obviously, uh, Golden was a dive back for part of the game along with Flaherty, just out of necessity with Boyer not playing. But Golden looks like he was throwing some nice blocks out there, too. Yeah, they both did. I mean, I, I, again, I thought Kyle played as well as uh, he has, you know, in getting really in a starting role. And Matt, you know, Matt just continues to always impress me with, you know, just his what, what he does on the field. I mean, he just, you know, he's a, he's a really, uh, really good football player. Costa, we know he can run, I and mean, that thirty-yard touchdown was spectacular. The deep ball, though, he's got a nice touch on it, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's you know he, he just again he'll continue to improve, improve. I think obviously uh, he's he's a natural athlete, so the running probably is a little easier just because he you know he he does do that naturally, um, and and he's really progressing well in the passing game. And that you know again, I think the more he understands the system, it'll just continue to get better and better. Nice to get Brian Daly involved. I know he had a good year last year, been a little quiet this year, but obviously a huge touchdown put you ahead for good there. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I think with all our guys, our receivers, it's nice. Again, it's it's part of the philosophy what we we try to instill is that you know we we need to be successful when we can be successful running football, then it opens everything else up. And um, certainly, you know, Brian ran a great route and did a great job catching the ball, and it was a a great pass by. Brendan, but it was you know kind of set up from the from the our ability to run the football. Grant Dewald named the NESCAC Special Teams Player of the Week. A couple more field goals for him. He just keeps uh, having really a, a great senior campaign, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. No, he's you know Grant's again does does uh, everything that we ask of him. Um, you know we we put him in a tough situation on that last one. I don't think anybody really wants to kick the ball from the six inch line because of the. <laughs> The angle, uh, but he he was able to to get it through, and then, you know obviously that was the difference. Right, and the defense able to hang on there at the end. Uh, what did you see from the defense? Obviously, I thought Max Bresci was great. Um, Tyler Harrington as well. Joe Frey. Yeah, I, you know we had a lot of guys that 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 played well. I mean, I, I thought both uh, those three guys that you mentioned. I think Jack Merritts and and Colin Richardson. Uh, up front did a really good job um, you know didn't have the stats particularly but um, if you watch what they did on tape and how they controlled things they they, they really did a, a good job I think overall again it was a you know a great a great effort we had a lot of three and outs um, we were we didn't allow them for the most part I mean obviously there were a couple of drives but for the most part to change field position and that was that was big Close one, though. Obviously, Colby tried to rally there at the end. What was going through your mind kind of down the stretch? Uh, the same thing that every time we play them. You know, if you look at, as I told the team Friday night, the margin of victory for the last four games was less than a touchdown. Um, and, you know, it certainly wasn't any different on, on Saturday. And, and you know, I, I think being able to go through that and come out on top um, certainly will, you know, be be great experience for our guys, but also, you know, give them the kind of the boost that we need. Is there any sort of mental edge you think the players have since they've gone through this before and they know they've beaten Colby by a close margin in the past? Uh, you know, I think it's it, it's uh, yeah. I, I think anytime you un you understand that you know in these close games, um, it can come down to a couple of plays, and and you know at the end we we did you know uh, we did make some plays on on both sides of the balls that allowed us to you know run the clock out and then defensively make a couple of plays to make sure that. Uh, they weren't in field goal range to tie it up or obviously score. This week, the big game, as they say, I'm hosting Bowden at 1230. Um, senior class has a chance to do something that hasn't been done, obviously. We've talked about before, but beating Bowden and Colby every year for four years, I mean, what are you – I mean – you don't really just say anything. They know this. Yeah, yeah they know it. I mean, I, I you know, I, I, they're, they're bright guys. They understand the, the significance of that. You know, I, I mean, it, it's a and, and as I mentioned and will mention to them tonight in our team meeting is, you know, that's great to reflect back upon when you're an alum. You know, right now it's about going out and winning a football game. So um, we're going to do everything we can to get ready to go out and beat Bowden. And you know, the icing on the cake will be obviously to keep the CBB trophy here, and then. You know, again, the the other benefits that go along with that, the uh, the you know the four four in a row and all that. 
What should we know about Bowden? What are you seeing from them on tape? Um, I, I, you know, they're, they're a good team. I mean, I think they're very athletic. They're young um, in certain areas, uh, and I think that's been the, you know, again for both of us, that's kind of as you go through those growing pains. I, I think that's um, that that can, you know, shoot. You can shoot yourself in the foot quite a few times, but they they. Uh, they they seem to have settled in on with a quarterback that that did a nice job last week through for over 300 yards against Wesleyan, um, which is a little different than the, the weeks before where they you know they've got a very good running back uh, and um, they they focused more on him earlier. But we'll, you know so we'll see what we get. I mean obviously they you know they they proved that they can throw the football uh, effectively last week. Great. Any other thoughts you want to share about Saturday's game that really stood out to you? No, I just, like I said before, I was very proud of, you know, it's tough to go through a type of season that our, our guys have gone through up until uh, this past Saturday and to, to be able to hang tough in, in some critical situations and, and come out on top, I think is just really a testament to, to their fortitude, you know, and, and uh, what, you know, what the, the, the care that they have for each other and for the program. And, and I, I think that was, you know, for me, that was just something great to see. It was ni- nice to see guys uh, coming back on the, on the bus with, with big smiles on their faces. Coach Mark Hammer looking to keep the CBB trophy right here in Lewiston once again this Saturday. Thanks so much. Thanks, Aaron. The women's soccer team wrapped up its season with a 2-0 win over Colby on Tuesday. Junior Olivia Amder scored two goals, giving her eight on the season, the most by a Bobcat since Julie Brown also scored eight goals back in 2009. Bates finished the year with a 500 record, seven wins, seven losses, and one draw. The men's soccer team had to win at Colby on Wednesday in order to qualify for the NASCAC tournament. A draw would not have been good enough. With the score tied at zero, and with less than a minute remaining in the second overtime period, sophomore Bofis Compolo came through. Pulled Farb to hit with the left foot again. Right to the mixer, the header back post. Knocked down the shot, save Gibson, rebound, score! The Bates Bobcats with 20! Five seconds to go, half one. Bofi Kimpolo Pene on a rebound volley. In my mind, I was like, it's now or never. You know, you have to do what you have to do for your team. Just shoot it, whether it goes on net or not, just take a chance. And I took my chance and that was it. The 1-0 victory sent the men's soccer team to the NESCAC tournament for the first time since 2010. On Saturday, they fell to defending national champion Tufts in the quarterfinals but the Bobcats finished the 2017 season with an overall record of 8-6-2, their most wins since 2008. The field hockey team also qualified for the NASCAC tournament in dramatic fashion. Just like men's soccer, they need to win at Colby on Wednesday to get in. And the Bobcats prevailed 3-2, with junior Taylor Loft providing the game winner with just a few seconds remaining in regulation. 11 seconds left to go. Driven on in centering feet. Open net. They score! I didn't care what it took. We weren't going into overtime, and we, we were winning that game. Although the Bobcats fell in the quarterfinals to number two nationally ranked Middlebury on Saturday, Loft's season was one to remember. Her 10 goals are the most by a Bobcat since 2001, and Bates finished with an overall record of 9-7, and seven, the Bobcats' second straight year with a winning record. They beat three teams ranked in the top 10 nationally along the way. For Loft's three goals last week, she is our female Bobcat of the week. Female Bobcat of the week, Taylor Loft with us here on the Bobcast. And Taylor, let's go back midweek. Colby, you had to win again in the NESCAC tournament. Third straight year that's been the case. You did it. I mean, this is coming almost a tradition. <laughs> yeah, um, it, was, it was a great game. Um, I think that being at Colby's uh, on their turf, they have a different turf field than we have, so I think that um, they really knew how to work their field, and um, we were able, thankfully, to adapt and uh, get that win. Well, yeah, you told me the weather wasn't too much of a problem for you, at least personally. The mm-hmm. field, how does that change things? Um, well, field turfs, we have at Bates, we have an AstroTurf, a beautiful new yeah. uh, investment, so that's been great. Um, but some of our opponents have field turfs, which are a bit slower. Um, so adjusting to the ball speed and um, really making sure you're cutting back to balls. And um, it takes a little bit more thought playing on field turf. Got the game-winning goal in that game. Take us through it again. I mean, yeah. I know Allie made a great cross, didn't she? Yeah, Allie, or it was just like a great effort from the entire team. Um, 
I think it started with Grace Fitzgerald, who came up with the ball and sent it to, uh, I think, Emma Patterson at the left mid, who sent it to Allie, who, who crossed the ball. Um, I collected it in front of the goal, and uh, there was an open net, and I just took my time and uh, really sent that in. <laughs> How aware were you of the clock? Because that's kind of tricky, isn't it, when there's that little time left, yeah. seven seconds? Um, well, we have been um, in practice. We do a lot of drills where we have to be aware of the time. Um, so just working on that this season, I've um, become a little bit better at recognizing that. And um, I knew there was not a lot of time left. I knew that I had to put the ball in the net, um, that I couldn't take too long. But um, I think that uh, just no- just knowing that there was only seven, like, between, I'm, I don't think I knew the exact time, but looking up at the clock, seeing seven seconds, uh, I was just so happy that, <laughs> that it went in. <laughs> right, right. Obviously a tough trip, long trip to Middlebury, a team that's obviously number two in the country. Uh, you were able to get another goal, though, so describe what happened on that play for you. Um, well, just being being a right forward, I think that, not, not to use the word lucky, but I do have a lot of opportunities just because of my position. Um, so again, like the ball just appeared in front of me. I collected it um, on the right side of the circle and just sent it in with a hard shot. Um, yeah. <laughs> Is there anything about your strategy or your, what you've been working on that's allowed you to score ten goals this year? Yeah, a number of goals the previous seasons, but not not ten. Definitely an improvement this year. Um, I mean, as I've told you in the past. Um, field hockey does a lot in the off season, and personally, I trained really hard this summer working on uh, some more creative ways to score goals. Um, and so, I really, I've been working a lot on my stick skills, and so my curl has been really effective this season. I, I, I think I've scored the majority of my goals off of curl, a uh, curl uh, to my strong side to get a shot off. Um, so I think, like, continue to work on that and maybe try some new things for next season. Sure. I mean, obviously, you know, tough loss to Middlebury, obviously a very talented team. What was Coach Ryder's message to the team after that match? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a tough loss. Uh, obviously, we wanted to keep moving forward. We knew that we could move forward, um, but Middlebury is a tough opponent. Um, Danny was – she her heart broke for us. I mean, it, it was a hard-fought game. We couldn't have – played any better than we did it was just some frustrating calls by the refs and um a goal got called back so mentally that's hard to come back from but i think that we really stayed strong throughout the game we showed up for the full 70 minutes um middle middlebury is a phenomenal team they're number two in the country and um we're a great team too i think that um we definitely held our own um just wasn't our wasn't our game. Well, now you're a junior, so you'll get another shot at it next year. And yeah. I know the senior class, so I believe there were four of them. You know, very solid senior class. But a lot of people returning next year. So that's probably gonna be pretty exciting, right? Yeah, it's exciting. Um, we're not wasting any time. Okay. We're um, we're using our time uh, that we still have together um, with the returners to really start to develop some more skills and. Um, work get back in the weight room so we're definitely uh getting ready for next season as soon as that game ended the next season started so we're, we're excited right i mean you probably can't wait because i mean this this year's team had so many like achievements that hadn't been done yeah. for a while you know? yeah and um you know you like you said it we have a lot of returners um, we are losing great players but um the idea of winning a national championship is definitely palpable and um I think that we are going to have a great program, and we've taken so many strides in the last the few years that I've been here. I really want to uh, make my mark and our whole grade and the program uh, make that mark for next season. All right, Taylor Loft, our female Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. Our male Bobcat of the Week is first-year quarterback Brendan Costa. He threw for 132 yards and a touchdown on Saturday, and he found the end zone on the ground as well, running the ball 26 times for 155 yards. Costa is currently the second leading rusher in the NESCAC. Well, I knew that it was a huge game of the year, uh, CBB, the first part of it. So I know that uh, in order to kind of capture the CBB, this is the first step. So that was really the most important thing that we talked about as a team, is making the first step in uh, capturing the CBB title for the fourth straight year, at least. Yeah, it seemed like offensively, um, opening drive, you didn't get any points on it, but it seemed like you were moving the ball well. Did that really give you a lot of confidence? Yeah, we, we kind of went back to the... Uh, to the drawing board uh, on the sideline, where like we can move the ball on this team, like it's no problem. So let's just get back out there and keep and keep executing like we know, like the way that we know how. 
break down your three-yard touchdown run. Obviously a design play, and it worked out pretty well. Yeah, I mean, when you drop back, uh, a lot of the defenders, they kind of they, they get into their drop, so it kind of makes the middle wide open. So uh, our dive backs, Kyle Flaherty, Matt Golden, they did awesome blocks. Uh, I, I saw in the uh, middle linebacker. So it was a really, it was a really good play for us this weekend. And what's going through your mind when you're making those runs? I mean, it's because you know when to cut. It seems like. Yeah, I, I feel like it's all instinct. Just me. I've played football my whole life, so it's really just become instinct. Like when you see somebody, you just kind of my, my body just reacts the way it, it always has my whole life. Frank Williams seemed like he was back and fully healthy. Makes your job a little bit easier. Huh? Oh yeah, Frank obviously is one of the best playmakers in the conference. He's awesome. He he's fast. He gets, he can catch. He can run, and he makes he made some great plays on Saturday to really help us move the ball. Yeah, it seems like those jet sweeps are working really well. Oh, yeah. He's, once Frank gets the outside, you really can't catch him. It's hard to get him. He's a small, quick guy, and it's really hard to capture him. And all your success running the ball set up that deep ball to Brian Daly. I mean, how much have you been working on for your deep balls? Because we were going, the whole game we were running jet, 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 a lot of jet. And then once we, uh, once we kind of sucked in the defense a little bit, you know, you can go right over the top. It kind of opens up the passing game. You got a chance to visit Bates and watch Bates and Kobe last year. What do you remember about that experience? I remember that uh, Bates got out to a really early yeah. lead, and I was like, wow, this looks really good. And then kind of Kobe kind of started coming back. It's like, oh, no. And then uh, Bates held on. So I kind of realized how much really, uh, how close these games can be. And obviously you saw it on Saturday, only three points it took to win. So Yeah, you guys had to hold on again, but I bet everyone was pretty confident you could because you'd done it before. Exactly. So all the seniors knew that. we, All the seniors made it made it very clear to us that we don't lose to Colby, and we kind of knew that we could not lose to Colby, so we knew that we couldn't lose on that day. How have you seen yourself develop over the course of the season? What have you been really been working, focusing on? I've been focused on really, like, getting to know the playbook and to know my checks and all that, Getting because obviously I'm, I'm new to this playbook and all that. So uh, getting to know my checks, my playbook, my reads, and just getting everybody involved in the game and getting the offense going, that's what I've been really focusing on. I know Golden's been back there as a dive back, kind of out of necessity because yeah. of some injuries and everything. But I know you and him are pretty good friends, right? So how yeah. cool is that to work oh, with him? Oh, it's awesome. I, I love playing with Matt. He's an awesome player. He's got the one of the highest football IQs I can ever imagine. Like he knows what he's doing on every play. He knows every position. So him him back there with me, it's it's a pretty good combo for us right now. I saw him throw a pretty nice block on Nichols' touchdown. Did you see that? <laughs> the low block there. <laughs> no, I didn't see it, but I know that Matt works hard to get those blocks. He can. He laid. He laid a pretty good block against Wesley and Sue. He he really can get out there and get and get some blocks going for us. It's funny because like he, you know, he's technically your the backup quarterback right now, but he's also doing the dive back. I mean, he's pretty physical for a, a guy who's a quarterback. Huh? Yeah, he's kind of our Swiss Army knife. He can yeah. kind of play any, any any position. He has a lot of skill. He's got a great skill set. He can catch the ball if we need him to. He runs the ball hard. He can throw blocks. He can throw the ball. He can play really any any position for us on the offensive side of the ball. Did you guys see Colby as kind of the beginning of almost a, a new season, if you will, with the CBB series? Uh, I think not too much of a new season. Mm-hmm. More of like. We got to go into this these next two games. We got to we got to win them. We got we got to capture the CBB title because it means so much to to the coaching staff and to the and to the players and to really the Bates community that we hold on to that trophy. So you're home this week um, against Bowden. Um, what are your thoughts initially on what coming into this game? What's going to be key to victory? Well, obviously, no uh, no no team is a pushover in this conference. Every team's good. So we got to go into the same game plan we've had. Just go in and execute what we uh, what we've been practicing all year. Any other thoughts on the first collegiate win? Well, the first collegiate <laughs> win was great. I love to get a, my first one under my belt. So I'm, I know all the freshmen are glad to get their first one under their belt also. So we just got to keep this train moving. All right. Brendan Costner, Mail Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you very much. The cross-country teams hosted the NESCAC championships on Saturday at Pineland Farms. The women finished fourth out of 11 teams, with senior Catherine Cook finishing fourth individually to earn first team all NESCAC honors. Meanwhile, sophomore Olivia LaMarche and junior Aiden Eikhoff earned second-team All-NESCAC honors. First year, Abby Hamilton earned the NESCAC Rookie of the Year award with her 21st-place finish. This marks the Bobcats' most All-NESCAC selections in program history, and Eikhoff joined the Bobcast to look back on the meet. Only your second year with Bates running cross-country. You've gone from not even being on the, in the top seven on the team to being an all-NESCAC performer. What's been the key to your rapid improvement, if you will? <laughs> um, well, I think it all boils down to some more committed summer training. Um, I was really, really focused on that this summer and thankfully had the help and support from um, both the family I was staying with this summer in Portland and my family back home. Um, and they really kept me, (laughs) they they reminded me to run. Um, and a lot of it was personal because I, I did want to do better and I did want to help the team as much as possible. So with that comes hours training. 
and obviously you've had great success in track. What's the difference when you're training for cross country, perhaps? Um, longer mileage. I try to, I try to make it a little bit quicker mileage and maybe do shorter. But some of the girls on the team really like the longer, slower miles, which sometimes is hard for me. So I try to stay consistent in like the six or seven mile range, and um, you know, just try to build up my mileage and endurance that way. But it's still it's still a transition. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm there because <laughs> there could still be some improvement on that. But um, it is different for sure. Well, what was your reaction when you found out you were all NESCAC? Uh, I actually was really confused. I, I was really happy that I had done well and also helped the team do well. Um, but in the race, I didn't really know where I was. I didn't feel like I was running a fantastic race. It was a hard course and... It really takes a toll on you physically and emotionally. So um, I was really happy to get the reward of all NESCAC at the end. It was a hard course, but it's your home course. So, it, I mean, it wasn't anything new or different for you, huh? Correct. It, <laughs> it, it wasn't It wasn't new. I knew what I was getting myself into. It was our first 6K of the season, however, mm. and that definitely added on a mental challenge for sure. Even though it's only a couple more minutes of running, <laughs> it does make it just that much harder. The team as a whole, how do you thought? I mean, fourth place, third place last year, so back-to-back pretty strong performances, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't actually know the scoring until it was announced at the end. I think it was really close, and um, I know in past years we haven't done as well as third or fourth, so it was really, really nice to keep a consistently strong performance in the NESCAC. So regionals coming up, I know that's almost like the be-all, end-all if you want to qualify for nationals, right? It is, it is. I'm actually not even really sure how that entire system works. <laughs> um, it's very confusing, but um, yes, regionals is in about two weeks, so it gives us a one last sort of hard push for this week and then a bit of a recovery week to really be able to get after it at regionals. How familiar are you with that course in Gorham? Not at all. Mm-hmm. I don't think that... Um, I don't think that we've run there in a very long time. So none of the girls who are running there will have known the course, I believe. So when you go into a course blind like that, what's the approach? Um, We sometimes get a chance to walk it either the day before or the morning before. But after that, you just sort of have to realize that everyone's coming at it from that either limited experience or no experience on the course. And um, it can definitely add a little element of surprise. Well, another strong performance um, was Abby getting uh, Rookie of the Year. I mean, it's pretty cool to see that, right? It is really cool. She has been an amazing, um, amazing addition to this team, coming off of just a really, really strong senior year of high school and really just adding adding so much to our team as a first year. And I'm really excited to see how she progresses for the next four years. Any other thoughts, any other stories from the meet you would like to share with us? Any, <laughs> you know, alumni, I'm sure, were coming out in droves. Yeah, the alumni were really amazing. I was so happy to see people like Jess Wilson, Isabel Unger. Um, their support means so much to me. And even when they can't make it to the meet, they often are still checking in with me. And actually, my um, father was able to come to this race, and he hasn't been at any of my um, collegiate races. So... It was really, really awesome to have some family support as well as alumni support. All the way from Montana, right? He actually came from from Belgium. That's where they live. Oh, okay. so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they were here for some college visits, yeah. and uh, it just happened to line up with this meet. So he was able to see his first collegiate cross country race. He enjoy it. He did. He did. <laughs> it was a beautiful day, which really helped. Great. Aiden Eikhoff, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. The men's cross-country team turned in a third-place finish at the NASCAC Championships, the men's best finish since 2011. Senior captain Zach Megan earned first-team all-NASCAC honors with a sixth-place finish. Head coach Al Farashidian discusses what it was like to host the meet and his team's performance. I think it went really well overall. I mean, uh, Pineland's just such an outstanding facility. The support we get from from their their staff is tremendous. They did a phenomenal job of preparing that course, including you cannot believe how many acorns and leaves they had to remove from over five miles of trails out there. And uh, the, the course was absolutely in spectacular condition. So we were very glad to have a beautiful day, to have a great meet. I know you were planning on going out there on Friday to help set up the course. What was your role in that? Uh, well, pretty much everything. Just kind of, kind of making sure everything got done the way it needed to do. We wanted to put up some, we put up some snow fencing for crowd control on the start and the finish area, and and uh, you know just did a lot of work on trying to make sure the start lines, finish lines were set up properly, 
uh, going out and putting up a lot of the markings on the course, and mile markers, and and uh, some of the uh, you know uh, uh, some of the areas where we had to con- control where the runners were going, uh, you know, make sure that that they were in good shape that way. Yeah, speaking of the crowd, obviously always great to have all the Bates alums out there, right? Oh, it was a, t- a great, tremendous turnout. I mean, just uh, on both men's and women's side, it was so so fun to see so many people come back. I had I had some parents from uh, I had uh, the parents of Andrew Wortham who graduated in 2013 came back just because they knew we were hosting and they loved cross country meets at, at uh, Pineland, so uh, they drove all the way up to to watch the meet. So it was pretty exciting to see that many people. On the men's side, Zach Megan, first team all NASCAC based on his performance. I mean, he's really had a breakthrough year, hasn't he? What's really clicked, you think, for him? Uh, you know, he's a senior, and and I, I know that you know the kind of and he's a captain. He's a tremendous leader. Uh, you know, I think that clock has been ticking all year long. He's, you know, Zach is a, a very talented young man who has been, you know, made a significant impact all the way through from his freshman year on. Uh, he did have to deal with some injuries at times, which kept him out. Uh, but bottom line is, this has been his year, and he's really capitalized on it. He's been healthy. He's been training really, really well, and and uh, just a tremendous leader for the team. And great to see him have that type of success. The team as a whole got third. I mean, that's that's your best finish in 2011. Was that? Expectation exceeded it. I think it really kind of exceeded our expectations. I, you know, we were seated fifth going in, and uh, we ended up beating two two teams that were ranked ahead of us. Con College was ranked just a little bit ahead of us in the national poll, but but uh, probably the exciting thing was we ended up beating Williams, and we don't get a chance to do that very often. And and they were ranked 13th in the nation, so uh, certainly you know that you know as far as the rankings are concerned, they don't mean an awful lot, but it does indicate a level of accomplishment when you're you know uh, running well against those types of teams. Right, and we mentioned Megan being all NESCAC, but he was the only all NESCAC. This just shows all the great depth you had up and down the lineup, right? Yeah, we had three guys in the top 20, so yeah. we just, you know, two just missed the all NESCAC mm-hmm. level, but then we also had, uh, we finished, we had our all five in our t- in the top 35, mm-hmm. and, and that generally uh, yields a pretty good result in this meet. If you can get your scores in that top 35, uh, you know, the higher the better, obviously, but but uh, generally that's going to put you in contention. But even watching the race, I wasn't quite sure. Uh, I, I really felt like we were probably still in fourth or fifth, but I was really pleased when the scores came out and saw that we had actually got in front of both of those teams. Terrific. So how has it set you up for regionals? I know this weekend you're not racing, but then the regionals still in Maine at Gorham there, but uh, how does it set you up for that? Well, I think pretty well. Um, you know, certainly going into it, you know, going into regionals, we're going to add – you know, another outstanding team in, from MIT. They'll be, you know, joining the NESCAC group that uh, we didn't have this past weekend. And, and and, uh, and you know, I know that Williams will bounce back strong, and Con College has proven that they can be a, a legitimate, you know, threat for sure. Um, you know, I, I think our, our goals going in there will be to, you know, kind of improve on some of the things that, that we can improve on, uh, but basically do what we've been doing all year, and that's, you know, that's, that's running as a team, running in packs, uh, feeding off of each other, and we saw a ton of that going on this weekend and you know uh, had a couple of guys that weren't running all that well but we had other guys that really stepped up and really you know met the you know met the challenge firsthand and and uh you know so moving forward if we can run the way we have uh you know zach has now given us a presence up front which is really nice i uh, wasn't sure we had that at the beginning of the year but he's really stepped into that role uh and probably the strength of our team has been our our pack times and our pack times have generally been you know uh around 30 30 30 35 seconds and if we can do that off of a strong front that zach's giving us right now then i think we have a good shot yeah, for people who maybe don't know how nationals get selected, how do the regionals factor into it? It's pretty important, right? Oh, absolutely. It's 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 the determining factor. Um, uh, top two make it automatically, uh, and then uh, and and there's eight regions across the country, so there's 16 teams that will get in automatically, uh, and then there's 16 teams that will be selected at large, and and uh, from that, you know, the first thing they're going to look at is is your regional performance. So so uh, if we can finish, you know, if we could finish third or fourth at regionals, I think we'll really help ourselves. If we could do better, we make it automatically, but but certainly if we're in those spots, we're going to probably be in pretty good shape. If we're fifth at regionals, we have a chance, uh, but it will kind of depend on the on the selection committee. I mean, we've had a good year. We had a good run against uh, RPI, a few, you know, quite a few weeks ago. But but uh, you know, they're going to probably be an automatic qualifier out of the Atlantic region. And we had a good run against them. We beat Williams, we beat uh, Con. So we've we've had some good wins on our side. So we'll we'll see what happens. Great, terrific. I mean, the guys must be so excited for this opportunity, right? I know the senior class. That's their big motivation the whole year. It really is, and and they really. I said this from from day one. They really have provided provided the foundation 
for this team. And, and uh, you know, we can go into, you know, every meet knowing that we're going to be pretty solid just because of, you know, the, their work, their preparation, their determination, their, and, and their focus. And, and yes, uh, this group hasn't been to Nationals, and I know they would love to. Uh, that would be a tremendous accomplishment, on you know, uh, as, as they conclude their careers at Bates College. Well, off to a great start. Third place in the NESCAC Championships, Coach Farashidian. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you, Aaron. The volleyball team defeated St. Joseph's 3 to nothing on Tuesday, fell 3 to nothing to Amherst on Friday, and bounced back to beat Trendy 3 to nothing on Saturday. They finished the regular season with 12 wins, their most in one season since 2009. Bates qualified for the NESCAC Championships with a 4 and 6 record in conference play, and the Bobcats visit top seed Tufts this Friday at 5 o'clock. Previewing the NESCAC Volleyball Championships with the head coach of the Bobcats, Melissa Duran. And coach, first of all, you face the number one seed, Tufts, but you faced him in the regular season. Tufts got the victory, but that match was really close, wasn't it? It was really close. Um, I think it was 25-23, 25-22, 27-25, you know, to, it was a total of seven-point difference. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a really close matchup. We had, you know, kind of looking back and reviewing it, our lineup has changed a little bit since then. Our, our system's changed a little bit since then. So we're, we're excited to, to go into Friday and, and you know, see if we, how much better we've gotten. And you've been challenging the team recently. That trip to Wisconsin, obviously, a bunch of tough opponents. And then you finished up the year with two more NESCAC foes. So it's been a challenging slate in recent weeks, hasn't it? It has been. And, and you know, we did that by design. We, we did that, you know, last year with the, you know, just getting to the NESCAC tournament, I think it's just such an honor this year because they're, top to bottom everybody's just so so darn strong so we knew going into the NESCAC weekend we needed to <laughs> I use the analogy with the girls we have to put some more weight on the bar and, and and go and see somebody really really tough so you know hopefully reaping those benefits when we come back and you know and it, and it certainly helped in our last weekend and, and hopefully that carries into the NESCAC tournament. Uh, you get a full week to prepare for it unlike maybe some other sports but then it's mm-hmm. it's it's each day after that, if you get, if you win Friday, you have to play Saturday. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, that's hopefully the case, but not much turnaround time, right? No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, it's it goes fa- fast. If you you win on Friday, you go Saturday. You win on Saturday, you go Sunday. Which is exactly how the NCAA tournament is set up for us as well. So, you know, that's that's the overarching goal that our program wants to head down towards is is the NCAA tournament. So anytime we can do this, it's good practice for that format. Are there any key aspects of the match you're really going to be focused on in order to beat Tufts? A serve and pass, definitely serve and pass. You know, we have to be a little bit more aggressive with our serving. We have to take a few more chances. We have to get Tufts out of system. They're they're a great team. Every single one of their hitters can can put a ball away. And if you know, we just send over some easy stuff, they're gonna they're gonna pound on us. So it's going to be really important for us to to make them uncomfortable with that. And I'm sure uh, Cora would be saying the same thing. So we've got to be ready to pass some of the serves they're going to send our way. And you've beaten some of the top teams in the conferences here. You know, you beat Bowden, you beat Wesleyan. So that's got to give the team a lot of confidence, right? It, it does. And, and I didn't mean to hesitate there. It, it has given us confidence. It, it's also just kind of kept things in, pers- in perspective. It shows us what we're capable of, but also humbles us enough to know that we're also, you know, we've lost some matches in the middle of the pack that, that we can't get. Those wins are great, but we can't get too, um, we can't put too much stock in it. You know, you still have to show up every night and, and be ready to go. And, you know, now it's kind of do or die time. So we got to be ready. Yeah, and you got some special seniors I'm sure everyone wants to win these matches for, right? We do. And and that's, we haven't talked too much about that because I know it's so in the forefront of everyone's mind that at this point we're really playing, you know, we're playing for all of us, but really knowing that every time those seniors put a jersey on it, it might be the last time they do it. And we'd like to keep that We'd like to extend our time with them as, as long as possible, for sure. And I know uh, Jacqueline Forney, I mean, uh, she's been like the leader. She's been the captain for three years, um, you know, starting her sophomore season. Um, you know, I, I bet you don't want to think about replacing her next year, right? I am in denial with that. I will find I will find those seniors some extra eligibility somewhere. <laughs> um, you know, that's that's just part of coaching. You know, you you know, every four years you're going to lose just some really fantastic kids, and sometimes that's that's also sometimes the hardest part of coaching. It will certainly be a different look next season, which is why we're going to try and postpone that for for as long as we possibly can. Final weekend before the NESCAC tournament last weekend, you had that loss to Amherst, but you bounced back the next day to beat Trinity. I mean, what did that say about the players? Because obviously the Amherst match was probably pretty heartbreaking just because it was a big one for seeding. It, it was. It was heartbreaking because we 
you know, quite honestly, I don't want to take anything away from Amherst. I thought they played great, but we just played so... I think we played so poorly, it was. It might have been one of the better things to happen to us because we had been on such a long streak of doing really, really well. Great practices, great matches. I think it was a nice wake-up call that, okay, yeah, we're we're human. We still need to kind of make sure that we're putting the work into practice and, and trying to get better, not just biding time to get to the NESCAC tournament. So I was really happy to see him turn it around on Saturday. Um, Trinity came out with a lot of fire. Um, and for us to kind of turn around and play better, I think, led us into just such a, a better start to our week from a practice standpoint. And this week in practice, what's going to mean some things you're really focusing on? Gosh, there's there's a lot. You know, at this point in the year for us, you know, while technique is still important, right now we're, we're going to be working a ton on defense. We're going to be working a ton on effort plays, um, just getting ready to kind of have to go in hopefully into three matches and really physically and mentally grind out three really hard opponents. Um, so we're going to be working a lot on just kind of defense, defensive intensity. Um, and then everything else, we're just going to keep trying to fine-tune the details. Like I said before, serve and pass. Obviously, want to work on offense. I've got some hitters. Um, but defense first and, and serve and pass will be right behind there. To wrap up this episode, we go back to the gridiron. Senior place kicker Grant DeWald earned NESCAC Special Teams Player of the Week honors for his two field goals and three extra points Saturday at Colby. DeWald joined the Bobcast to reflect on the Bobcats' season so far and his journey to where he is now. I think a lot of guys are coming into this next game with a lot more energy. Uh, I think there's a lot more enthusiasm and excitement. Um, it definitely it was a long time coming, and it's exciting to see how all these guys, especially the younger guys in the team, have really developed and grown into their roles, and I think we're really starting to hit some strides. So I think Saturday is going to be a lot of fun. As a kicker, you're, a little, you're obviously a specialist. So take us through a typical practice for you. Are you watching them a lot? Uh, practice for me is is, is interesting, um, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, for to the outside observer, it looks like we don't really do that much, which is which is kind of funny. Um, so so a typical practice for me, um, I'll show up. I'll usually stretch, do some form work, some some you know short game things, just practicing my leg swings, practicing you know ball contact, things like that. Um, then after after a warm up, I usually have a few reps with my holder and my snapper just to get you know some rhythm down. Um, on Wednesdays and Thursdays, we'll have a chance to do some live practice reps where I'll have guys rushing me, um, and that's that's kind of the week. I mean, it's it's there's a you know 15 30 minute period where you know I'm under the microscope and you know I'm, I'm under pressure a little bit, and then after that, you know I it's it's uh, it's less intense. Let's put it that way. I'm walking around the field, you know, talking to the trainer, talking to some of the guys, getting to spectate practice, um, stretching, trying to look like I'm being busy. Um, but yeah, it's it, practice. Practice is a lot of fun. All right, so you're a senior now. Take us back to when you were first looking at colleges. How did you decide to come to Bates? So when I was looking at Bates, I was really looking for a community feel. Um, that's something that, you know, I, I came from Tabor Academy. Um, it's something that during my time there I found really, really important uh, and something that I really value. So for me, what really what really sealed the deal with Bates was I had the chance to really spend the whole day here and walk around and spend, the t- spend some time with some of the students that I knew here. And... I talk, I talk about this on tour. I'm one of the tour guys here at Bates, and it's something that I call the Bates Hello in that Bates is one of the most friendly places that I've ever seen. And for me, seeing the ways that people interact with each other and just have a quick hello of seeing somebody, you know, not sometimes outside their normal 9 to 5, sometimes you just see somebody walking across campus, just that quick little hello that you see between Bates students, that's really what sold me. This place is incredibly friendly. It's an incredibly warm, opening, and welcoming community. And for me, that's really what sealed the deal when it came to Bates. Did you know right away you'd be going out for football to be a place kicker? I had no idea whatsoever. Um, I started playing football my senior year of high school. Um, I, let's put it this way. I was a soccer player all through high school, um, and I wasn't particularly good at it, but I just knew how to kick the ball pretty far. Um, so I decided to play football my senior year. They needed a kicker, and they didn't need a particularly good one. So one thing led to another. But I was, I was not a particularly good kicker in high school, um, and it was one of those things where my coach asked me, um, after a game, hey, you know, application deadline just came up. Where'd you apply? I said Bates, and he said, okay, great. I'll send them some film. And I said, okay, hang on, hang on a second. Um, it's not, it's not gonna ahead of ourselves here. One thing led to another. I had a, a conversation with uh, Coach Averill, and um, showed up at preseason, and you know, started my freshman year. 
And your first career field goal at Bates was the first career field goal you've ever made at any level, right? Yeah, I, you know, thankfully, I don't think Bates ever saw my statistics in high school, but I'd say, like, I might have hit half the extra points that I had, and I never hit a field goal in high school. So um, my, first, my first field goal ever uh, was against Bowdoin. I had just gotten the starting role uh, the game prior in the Colby game. Um, and this, this, was really, this was really my first collegiate start. Um, and to suddenly have that field goal at the end with a lot of pressure on, um, it was a lot. So I, I remember kind of having a heart attack as we were starting to get closer, thinking, oh, gosh, this could come down to this. And I've never done this before. <laughs> What's your interactions like during practice? Like your holder, your long snapper, maybe Foley the punter? Because you, you guys are all part of, like, uh, you know, the special team. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a great little uh, camaraderie that we have. I mean, it's, you know, Foley and I just sort of mill around practice and shoot the breeze and, <laughs> Um, you know, working with, working with Matt and working with uh, Jack Merritts is great. Um, they're two really efficient guys, and, and in a lot of ways, it really takes the pressure off me knowing that I have somebody as big as Matt standing right next to me, just in case you know any if if anything goes wrong, I've got some pretty big dudes around me. Um, so that's it, it's very it's very comforting to know that I have a guy who's who can always get the ball down and is very in, in control of the situation. So I, I, I think we have a great relationship on our special teams. This year, you've set your career long for field goals, I think, multiple times uh, this season. And so <laughs> is it just a matter of the coaching staff having more trust in you as a senior, or have you, like, seen your range personally, like, start to develop here? Um, I, think it's, I think it's kind of a two-step process. Um, over, over the course of my time at Bates, I've worked to increase my leg strength and my range. Um, but a big part of that is, uh, I think, Harriman's trust with me, and that builds off of my consistency, my accuracy, and a lot of the, the mental components that go into kicking. Um, I think over the time here at Bates, I, I've become much more mature mentally, and you know, I'm much better under pressure, um, and, and I've, I've figured out the mental game. Um, but a big component of when we get to kick from distance is the offensive scenario that we're in. So getting those chances to kick from 38 and from 43, that's been great, but that's mostly been because of, um, you know, one part, having the ability to do it, two, having, you know, Harriman's trust in me to be able to do it, but three, most importantly, having the offense be in that, be in that scenario and be in that range. There's a lot of times where this season we've gone, we've gone forward on fourth down from that distance, and it usually makes all the sense in the world, and usually I'm yelling, let's go for it, um, kind of both because I'm, you know, it, somewhat anxious about kicking from that distance, but um, you know, also just you know, it's it, it's a scenario that is really uh, it, it only happens because our offense gets us there. Take us inside practice. What's the longest field goal you've ever made in like practice? Um, in practice, without without a holder and without a snapper, I think the longest that I've made is a 55. Um, and I think in practice with a holder and a snapper, I think the longest that I've hit is a 47. Take us back again, though. Your first year when you're first like walking onto the team. What was that experience like in general? Oh, I mean that—that that was an incredible experience. Uh, there's there's a photo from I think my first day on campus of of us you know lifting and doing testing, and uh, it's it's a photo of Luke Coombs from my freshman year. He was a senior, you know, doing a hand clean, and I'm behind him like screaming. And for some reason, the focus is on me, like making this weird face. Um, but I but but I always go back to that first day because it, you know football was still a pretty new thing to me. Um, college football was a complete unknown to me. I had no idea what that uh, what that was going to feel like. And walking in that first day, just seeing that incredible energy, seeing guys that were like three times the size of me going absolutely crazy and you know screaming and supporting each other, and just the noise of that room and the noise of that weight room, um, I it just instantly set the tone for the rest of my time here. That that this program, this team, is so. Uh, it's so positive. There's so much building each other up. Um, and it, it's it's it was something that I wasn't used to. It wasn't something that I wasn't expecting. But it's it's just an incredibly positive environment. And the guys are probably the best guys that I've ever met. And this weekend, you have a chance to become the first senior class to ever beat Colby and Bowen each year for four straight years. What does that mean? What would that mean to you? Um, for for me, that would mean a lot. I mean, personally, I, I think it's one of the cool things about uh, about this class in particular because that started with. Frank Williams, our captain, um, getting that overtime uh, touchdown against Colby our freshman year, and then you know me, me as a freshman hitting hitting the field goal at, at Bowdoin that year as well that that won the title for us our freshman year. So I think it's I, I think setting setting that record for our class would be really special for us because we every single guy in our class has had an integral role um, in making that happen all four years. You know, at, at every point down the road, um, one of the guys in our class has made that happen. Um, so, I, so I think that it's 
it's a really cool record for us to be able to have. So you have some varied interests, it sounds like, outside of football also. Sailing. Tell us about, you You, you <laughs> sail a lot. Yeah, I, 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 I sail a lot. Um, you could say that. Um, before, before coming to Bates, I sailed really competitively. Um, independently and in high school as well. I was actually planning on doing college sailing instead, and I, and I was um, I was planning on you know being a, a recruit to another college and um, trying to follow the all American path. Um, and when I came up and, and saw Bates, it was it was a moment where I said, okay, Bates doesn't have a sailing program, and I have to question: is is this something that's really important to me that I need to do college sailing and do that path? Or do I want to try something new and just, you know, th- this this place feels so right. So how much do I really value this? And I came to the decision that sailing is always going to be there. And I, I decided to, you know, pursue pursue baits and eventually pursue football instead. But sailing has been something that I've been very passionate about. Um, after my personal racing career uh, came to an end, um, I became really involved in the sport from a coaching perspective. I've spent the past five years as a coach on Cape Cod um, working pretty much in either one- to two-year uh, shifts working with small local programs that are kind of on the up-and-coming um, aspect and working with them to develop management plans and how they can improve over the years and you know what they can do to become a program that is going to be a really big contender um, in the southern Massachusetts Cape Cod circuit. Um, so in addition to that, I've worked on developing sailors. I've worked on you know, helping kids get recruited to college. So for me, that's that's been a great way for me to you know keep my foot in the sport and um, keep my feet wet, so to speak. Actually, you're musically inclined, also. I I do the musics. Um, <laughs> I I'm a sax player. I've played in the Bates Jazz Band. Um, music is something that is really personal for me. I, I, it's it's in a lot of ways like kicking in that um, it's a chance for you to sort of just sort of get up and you know be in the moment. Um, I've done everything from you know play on the main street in Nashville to playing on the stage at Bates, and it's always been something for me that is a great way to kind of blow off some steam and you know have some fun. Uh, last question for you: Thoughts on Senior Day? Oh, thoughts on Senior Day? <laughs> um, it's it's going to be a big game. Um, there are definitely some some records and some t- statistics that are on my mind um, going forward. I think I'm, I'm two two field goals away from a consecutive record. I'm eight points away from 100 career points. So for me. Moving forward, I think the big mental focus for me is making sure that I'm in the best physical and especially mental shape um, to go out and be able to perform and execute and make those statistics a reality. Um, but I think also for the other guys, it's a lot. It, this is very much a game about sealing the deal and you know finishing something that we started last week. And for some seniors, it's about finishing something that we started freshman year. Next time on the Bates Bobcast. We'll tell you if Bates wins its fourth straight CBB Series title. Plus, we'll look back at volleyball's performance in the NESCAC tournament. And we will look ahead to the NCAA regionals for the cross-country teams. All that and more next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates, my